Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Ben Jarofsky show, Oh, What a Week It Was, A Week in Review, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, and the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, all that stuff, chicagoreader.com. Become a binhead. Help this program, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. Also, check out the latest column from our very own Ben Jarofsky. That's up there as well. We'll talk about that later on, chicagoreader.com. Ben, your song of the day, The Supremes, You Keep Me Hanging On. You keep me hanging on, da 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 without you, Ben. Get alive with <laughs> Oh boy, I miss this. I love this the segment. Supremes, and poor Diana Ross is like, uh, don't sing my songs ever again. Oh, you what a week! Oh. Me hanging on. Sorry, D. Oh, what a week it was. It is Friday, June 18th, and live from my apartment and his attic. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> my attic. <laughs> my attic. <laughs> this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Oh, what a week it was. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this In the Heights Friday, and here's why. And we're just calling it In the Heights Friday because, folks, I got to give a shout out to my beloved Bright One, the Chicago Sun-Times home delivered uh, every day. Yes, yes, bright one. You've lost your mind when it comes to an elected school board. We'll get to that. But every now and then, you prove why you're the greatest tabloid in the country. And today, on the headline on the sports section, D, I already shared this with you. I'm going to show all our listeners on our camera here, which, of course, no one can see because they're only listeners. But I'm going to pretend there's a huge television audience. I'm going to pretend I'm uh, Stephen Colbert. and uh, No, Johnny Carson. Here, here, here it is. You definitely will be pretending. this. (laughs) I did not know that the man had more influence me that, than I can just even imagine folks. I still watch, I was just watching Johnny Carson. I was watching Char- Johnny Carson interview Burt Reynolds. My <laughs> God, it was a baby boomer moment, folks. I just, I had to go back in time. I, I did not know that. Anyway, headline in the sometimes in the Heights. It's a joke. Chicago bears. We'll get into this. Threatening to go to Arlington Heights. There's a movie called In the Heights. Some genius at the Sun-Times put them together and came up with the headline, In the Heights? Question mark. Give that guy a raise, whoever he is. <laughs> do, do, it's just me. It's like, are, do you envision the, um, the headline writers at the Sun-Times? It's just like these like super stoner guys who just sit around, you know what I mean? Getting high. <laughs> Listen to Pink I mean, Floyd. That sounds like a group of people I get along with pretty well. Get me on that staff. 
That's a great headline. God bless you, headline writers. You're holding up the Sun Times. Great job. Take it away, D. What? Oh, um, we're doing the news now? <laughs> I got to say, your intros have just really. <laughs> the quality. It's just, that was it? Yeah, we should work on that one. The handoff. That was that may have been your worst handoff in all no, four years that we've done. It. <laughs> Take it away, you D. Huh? Uh, let's just edit that out. <laughs> sure. And then we'll put this in. Anyway, that headline was in the Chicago Sun Times today. And now, without further ado, I'll kick is. it over to my good friend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, the man they call Doctor Doobie. There we Some go. People call him White Lightning. There, there's that A game. We don't do White Lightning nearly enough. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I <laughs> think every night. <laughs> Anyway, let's hand it off. The pride and joy, the Mississippi River. Oh, yeah. When he's down in Alton, he's fishing. <laughs> Did you even fish at all? Fishing for trouble, I tell you that. Right now. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't see you as a fisherman. I just. I haven't gone in a while. I've done it. It's fun. It's nice. I'm not like, you know, thriving to do it, though. You know. Guys, a few things duller in life than fishing that's just me that's just me fishermen don't get all mad at me anyway without further ado i turn things over to man the myth the legend the pride of drove all illinois dr d i mean i was the news i was gonna invite you to uh, a fishing trip but i guess not come on give me that thing <laughs> i forgot we had the fishing rod sound effect you know hey b-e-z you hear that huh come on uh, shout out to Michael Girardi on the live stream chat. He put, this is great radio. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a compliment or a sarcasm. I don't know, but hey, that's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's do this. Hey, I'm Dennis. We've waited long enough, so let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We've waited long enough, so let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We've waited long enough, so let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. Yes, more on Mayor Lightfoot's oddball email and so much more Chicago news. But we begin in Illinois, and we begin with Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Springtime. Love it. Well, you only have a few days left, Governor. (laughs) (laughs) Better enjoy it while you can, bud. Wait, time out. I'm having a little trouble here with the calendar. Is, are we still in spring or is it summer? Yeah, st- we're still in spring. The 21st. When is summer? St- 21st. 21st. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thank you. And when is the, the longest day of the year? One more time, D. When is that the longest day of the year? Is that when we go to summer? Uh, I think the longest day of the year is the 21st of June. Don't quote me on that, D. No, we never do. We never quote you on anything. You know, <laughs> since you brought up the weather, I guess there is one person that we can't ask. <laughs> From the Illinois State oh, Water Jesus. Survey at the University of Illinois Prairie Research Institute, this is Illinois State Climatologist Trent Ford. Illinois State Climatologist Trent Ford. Another warm, humid week across the state. Temperatures this past week range from the high 60s in northern Illinois to the high 70s in mm. southern Illinois to uh. 1 and 6 degrees above normal. It's so boring. I just can't pay attention. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you okay? Yeah, just <laughs> I'm a whole time out while I drink some delicious water brought to you Man, by water. There you go. We got nothing going on. OK, um, <laughs> moving on. The state would still prefer that you get vaccinated from that damn dirty coronavirus. Now, if you're still on the fence about getting the shot, boy, you do drive a hard bargain. The state <laughs> has already tried bribing you with six flags tickets and liquor. 
But now they are pulling out all stops. Yes, they are with their all in for the win campaign. A chance to win $1 million if you get the COVID-19 <laughs> vaccine. What the? Governor Pritzker, please tell us more. Illinois residents who got at least one vaccine dose within our state boundaries will be automatically eligible to win all in for the win. There's no sign up, no forms, no waiting in line. You did your part already, and this is a way of saying thank you. So about that million dollars. Starting July 8th and throughout the summer, the Illinois State Lottery will be drawing names for cash prizes ranging from $100,000 to $1 million. And for kids, they can win a Bright Start 529 college savings plan worth $150,000 each. Hot damn. (laughs) You know, um, I'm glad he pointed out that people who already got the shot are eligible. Because, D, I'm starting to feel like a sucker telling you the truth here. You know, I was one of those boomers that was like waiting breathlessly for my opportunity to get the shot. Remember those days, D when there were not enough shots to go around. Oh yeah. And everybody was like, when can I go? And I remember people were like driving to Tinley park from the North side of Chicago and driving to the Western. So whenever they got, you know, I heard I, like boomers would be telling me I drove to Indiana. I, I had a friend tell me about driving to Indiana to Gary, Indiana. Hometown of what Ben Jarofsky show uh, regular, Dennis? Money. <laughs> That's right. They called him money back in Gary, Indiana. Monroe Anderson. Monroe, I told Monroe, you don't realize people are driving to Gary to get the shot. And Monroe said, I couldn't get I couldn't wait to get out of Gary. People are going back to Gary. Gary, Indiana. Doo, doo, doo. That's a Jackson 5. Did it, did. Anyway. <clears throat> So I felt like a sucker D because now they're like begging people to take the shot and their inducements. Washington state of Washington D was always joking. I'm waiting for reefer to be uh, given out as an inducement. I got news for you in the state of Washington. They're giving out reefer, <laughs> get the shot, you know, and still people are holding out LeBron James, great basketball player. He won't say whether he got immunized or not. It's a personal thing. It's a private oh, thing. You know Why? what that means? What? Seriously, LeBron. What's first? You know I love you. Okay, I don't root for you ever, but you know I generally like the stands you take. But what is personal about it? I, I don't get a D. The mentality of America. Okay, I understand some people don't want to get the shot for whatever reason. But what's the personal part? It's something I only talk about with my uh, family and maybe a clergy member. Or, my therapist. <laughs> Why? It's it's like, what what are you going to reveal if you say whether you got the shot? And I don't know if you saw it, Cole Beasley. Oh, God. Oh, no. I lost every listener, D. Yeah, it's I was a about to say, who? <laughs> He's a football player, ladies and gentlemen. He went on this rant about he just doesn't want it. At least I give him credit. You know, he'll, he'll say he's not going to get the shot. He's mad at the union because the union uh, signed an agreement with the uh, NFL that like is more favorable to people who get the shot than the football players that don't get the shot. He's outraged. So, you know, I understand that if you don't want to get the shot and you come out and say you don't want to get the shot, I think that's, 
I don't know. There's just something more honest than the people go, well, it's a family decision and I will not reveal whether I got the shot. What? What? What are you keeping secret? That you're an idiot? You know what I'm saying? I do want people to know, you know, that uh, I didn't get the shot. So now, D, I'm worried, worried. I feel like a sucker. I waited, you know, I jumped the board, got the shot, got the second shot, was so happy about it, I promised it, and now I'm looking at everybody else getting goodies. It, you know what? It reminds me of Nate. <clears throat> Nate does is our ace. Uh, produ- oh, I shouldn't have outed him on this one. I don't know if he wants us to know this story, but like how he gets his. Now let's just not tell this inside story that Nate told me, but it has to do with uh, getting uh, phone plans, different phone plans. It's like, okay, let, let's take Nate out of the equation. I don't want to embarrass him and talk about uh, people who get subscriptions to, to newspapers. What you do is you get a subscription, you let it expire. And then when they want you to come back, they'll give you a great offer. But if you're just a sucker who renews, you don't get the great offer. Oh, See what I'm saying? Yeah, Nate? yeah, yeah. It's, it's similar to that with phone plans, which I wasn't aware of. I needed a millennial to help me out with that. So, D, <clears throat> I'm happy that at least in the state of Illinois, first-time guy, guys who got uh, the uh, shot early on are eligible for this million, and will I put my name in? Yeah, I, I'm planning to do that. I'll probably forget and not do it. What a- I was going to say, what about you? But I don't know where you are on the shot these days, young Dennis. Oh, who, me? Oh, I'm, yeah. I haven't gotten it, and I'm waiting out for a nice little vacation. I need a vacation. Come on, state of Illinois. Looking to go to, I don't know, Maui? I'm pretty cool, is that, right? Wait, is that is that offered? Or is that you're just going to do that with the million dollars you win? Well, I'm waiting out. I'm waiting out. Million dollars. Come on, the lottery? Yeah, right. State of Illinois. No, I want a trip to Maui. Winner gets a trip to Maui. That's what I'm waiting right. for. I'm, I'm, I'm in for that, too. I've never been to Hawaii. So anyway, yeah, I feel a little like a sucker. You should. No, I'm just kidding. No, no one bribed me to get the shot. I just did it because I didn't want to get sick. And now they're like giving stuff away. <laughs> uh, what was the state I saw? Uh, yeah, I, uh, there was, I think, Ohio. Was Ohio like tickets to the Browns games and stuff like that? You know, free tickets to sporting events? Like, God. That sounds pretty cool to get the shot. Right? Yeah. So, nah. D, I blew it. You blew oh, it. <laughs> the governor also signed a couple of bills this week, including one that will change the future of our Illinois elections. Pritzker signed SB 825 into law. And according to his press release, it will further expand access to the ballot box for Illinoisans by increasing access to curbside voting, establish permanent vote by mail registries, establish a central polling location in uh, counties across the state, strengthen cybersecurity standards for election authorities in Illinois, and provide viable voting opportunities for justice-impacted individuals. The legislation also establishes June 28th, 2022 as the new 2022 general primary election date. Pritzker said in a statement, quote, with attacks on voting rights on the rise in states across the nation, Illinois is proud to stand up for a strong, secure and accessible democracy. The bill also changes the title alderman to alder person. I did not know that. I've been struggling with alderman, uh, alder woman, now alder person. Uh, so I now have to call them older person and older people. 
Uh, so I guess I welcome that. I, I just note the difference between a red state and a blue state. So uh, in the blue state, we're getting uh, laws passed by the assembly and signed by the governor that are all attempts to make it easier to vote, make voting more accessible, uh, to encourage people to turn out. Uh, in red states, <laughs> they're passing laws that do just the opposite. Make it harder to people vote, discourage people from voting, limit the hours that they can vote, uh, and then be punitive. The, the, the notion is that a crime is committed. It's supposed to be like innocent until proven otherwise. In a red state, the notion is, is that already you're cheating. So we're going we're gonna to crack down on cheating. They have no evidence that people are cheating on the wide. I think the only people actually caught cheating are Republicans. There was that Republican down in North Carolina got caught cheating. But all these laws are intended to stop cheating when there's no evidence that anybody's cheating except for this occasional Republican. That's where we're at right now. It's like the sh- everything. Republicans, by and large, they don't believe in getting the shot. They don't take get the shot. Democrats lining up to get the shot. Republicans believe that we have to uh, limit access to voting. Democrats believe we have to make voting more accessible. Why? Well, there's obvious, obviously, I mean, take aside, put aside the principle that we do everything we can to encourage people to vote and participate in democracy. The reality is that the Republicans can only win if they limit vote. And the Democrats, it works to their advantage to get as many people as possible to vote. There's no great principles here. It's self-interest. Now, I will say this, moving this, the election date to June, I think it's been like three different days in the last 10 years. Don't call me D. And um, they get, keep shifting it for one reason. At one point, they shifted it to help Barack Obama. How about that as a principle? How about that as a principle? I am going back to 2007. Still a little mad that I voted for Barack Obama instead of Dennis Kucinich in the Democratic primary. Ah, all these millennials, my daughters included, insisted I vote for Barack Obama. Don't vote for that lefty. He can't possibly win. Isn't this funny, D? That millennials would be telling me not to vote for the left. He can't win. Vote for Barack Obama. All right, I voted for Barack Obama. And they moved the primary up to uh, uh, benefit him. Somehow it was going to benefit. I had my doubts about Barack Obama, 2007, folks. When he announced he was running, he immediately endorsed Richard M. Daley for mayor. And Daley endorsed Barack Obama. It was considered a brilliant tactical move by Barack Obama. And there I was in the city telling millennials. Millennials weren't really paying attention back then to local politics. Just saying, millennials... Not your finest moment. I don't know what you were doing in 2007. You were watching. What's that show, D? On uh, channel, you know that show? Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that Simon show. Cowell. Or what's his name? American Simon? Idol. That's American you. Idol. Yes. That's what you were doing, millennials. Don't deny it. You weren't paying attention to local politics. You were watching American Idol. And you suckered me into watching it. I watched it that one year. One year. It was so obvious to me, D. And I can't remember the dude's name, the heavy set black guy. Ruben Stutter. So, yeah, God damn, you know your stuff. He was so much better than anyone else, and he didn't win. He didn't? Come on. He I, didn't win. I think he won. Did he win? <laughs> I think he won. Well, let's just edit this out. <laughs> I'm looking it up because, you know. Yeah, look it up. 
Anyway, that's what you were doing, millennials. Back in 2007, you were watching American Idol and you weren't paying attention to democratic politics in the state of Illinois. You didn't have any idea what Mayor Daley was up to. And so you thought it was great to support Barack Obama because Mayor Daley had endorsed him. One of the most corrupt administrations in the history of Chicago endorsed Barack Obama and he was running as Mr. Clean. That blast from the past. Anyway, that's the last time they changed the election date. Was what I could oh, we'll change it to benefit Barack Obama. Now he was a good president. I voted for him. They having said all that, I voted for him. All right. Well, your uh, allegations. So oh, sorry. I was gonna say your allegations toward American Idol are false. Um, <laughs> Did he win? Ruben Studdard was the winner of the second season of uh, TV's American Idol. What was the other guy? Clay Aiken. Some- yes, Clay Aiken. Wasn't it a battle between the two of them? Oh yeah. <laughs> it got ugly. All right, I take it back. He won. So I can't remember. I can't remember, ladies and gentlemen. It was a long time ago, and I was only half paying attention anyway. I was more paying attention to Mayor Daly. <laughs> I was trying to get millennials to care about Mayor Daly. You realize we have a program called the TIF program that's intended to benefit poor communities on the west and south sides, but it's mostly going to gentrifying communities. Stop talking about that. American Idol's on. Now millennials care about politics, and I welcome their participation, D. Okay? Better late than never is what I say. Anyway, June 22nd, maybe we'll get more people to vote. You know, because be, in the old days, it was like, well, it's going to be cold today, so turnout will be low. Like, people die for the right to vote. But if it's cold, well, I'm not going out. You, know, you can wear, like, a jacket. You know what I'm saying? Like, you put on a jacket, you put on a muffler, put on some gloves. You know, it's winter. Yeah, it's Chicago. You're used to it. You do it every day. Oh, oh it's cold. And then if it's going to snow... See the newscasters. Uh, the forecasts call for snow on election day. That should really keep turnout low. Then there was like one election day. It was gorgeous, D. It was like beautiful day. And then the TV people go, it's a gorgeous day on election day. But turnout is expected to be low because people are out in the park flying kites. <laughs> it's like low when it's cold, low when it's nice. I'm starting to see a pattern here. It's always low. It's really hard to get people to care about politics, but it's not hard to get them to care about American Idol. Have you ever noticed that, D? Oh, yeah. So entertaining. (laughs) They're singing. Not enough. Not that much singing in American Idol. Mostly it's the judges. Actually, I, I don't. I haven't seen American Idol in, since about 2008. Yeah, yeah. You're very. Uh, you don't have much information about this show. <laughs> what's uh, that the was one? 2003 when we're around. What's that? There's one where they turn the chair around. One where they turn the chair around. Yes. What do you mean? It's a singing show, and there's uh, judges. X and the Factor judges is that what it is? What's it called? X Factor, maybe. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. But they the the gimmick is the the chairs turn around. And the and the whole and the uh, judges see the contestant. Oh my god! I think that's the gimmick. Oh, your pop culture knowledge <laughs> I'm is just... failing. D, let's just take all of this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And make me sound really smart when you edit it. Okay, well, I don't D? have that much time. But the governor, 
<laughs> the governor signed Senate Bill 2800, a.k.a. the state budget, into law. He issued an amendatory veto to add and fix some effective dates in the bill. Pritzker called signing the $42.2 billion spending plan as a, quote, giant step forward toward true fiscal stability. And just before it was made official nationally, Bill HB 3867 was signed, a bill that made Illinois the 47th state to recognize Juneteenth as a paid holiday. Ben, happy Juneteenth, by the way. What are your thoughts on the new holiday? Well, I'm happy we have the holiday. Charles Johnson, I'm going to just do a little promotion. I first became aware of Juneteenth uh, in the 90s when a writer, oh God, I'm going to show my age, uh, a writer named Ralph Allison, some of my listeners probably know Ralph Ellison, one of the great novelists in, the, in America, wrote, uh, he had died, but after he died, uh, they brought out a book called Juneteenth. And essentially, Ralph Ellison wrote Invisible Man, and then he spent years of his life writing and rewriting and writing. He really had a bad case of writer's block, I think. Uh, or maybe he was uh, insecure. I don't know. I don't know the full story of why he didn't get it together to publish Juneteenth. Um, but uh, when after he was uh, dead, his editor uh, put it together, cut it, and uh, turned it into a novel that came out. And I remember reading reviews about it. Uh, and that's how I learned what Juneteenth was. So it was like 1990-something, I forget. Anyway, they've come out with a new edition of it. And uh, Charles Johnson, who's a friend of this show, from uh, my hometown, Evanston, a distinguished writer of his own. Uh, he's been on the show. Middle Passages is his novel. He's coming on the show. We're gonna, And the, the new uh, edition of Juneteenth has, as I said, an introduction by Charles Johnson. So I'm really looking forward to taking the deep dive with Charles Johnson. Talk about Juneteenth. Talk about Ralph Ellison. Talk about his own works. Maybe talk about Evanston, growing up in Evanston. He's just slightly older than me. He's uh, like four years ahead of me or five years ahead of me at Evanston High School. Probably the greatest graduate of the last, definitely last 70 years, Charles Johnson. So I'm very happy that he's coming on my show, Dee. That's awesome. And uh, turns out my pop culture uh, knowledge sucks, too. It wasn't X Factor. It's The Voice that does the chair thing. Ah, The Voice. Yes. Because they only hear The Voice. That's it. Oh, my God. Who came up with this concept? It's a genius. (laughs) All right. So those were the bills signed by the big feller. Now moving on to a bill that the governor should be signing sooner than later. Now moving on to a bill that the governor should be signing sooner than later. Now moving on to a bill (laughs) that the governor should be signing sooner than later. Why, hello, fully elected school board. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Rachel Hinton. Chicago will soon have an elected school board thanks to a bill passed by members of the Illinois House Wednesday over objections from Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Thank God. Science is back, baby. The House voted 70 to 41. To advance the bill, House Bill 2908 was amended and would create a 21-seat board in January 2025, initially split between 11 mayoral appointees, including the board president and 10 elected members. Representative Cam Buckner, which sounds like the name of a sports announcer, said the bill isn't perfect, but this is a down payment 
on democracy. In a statement, the Chicago Teachers Union said the vote, quote, represents the will of the people and after more than a quarter of a century moves our district forward in providing democracy and voice to students and their families. Uh, we do have those uh, who oppose the bill, but Ben, your thoughts here on uh, the news. Well, I can go on and on about this and I have gone on and on about this. I've written about uh, the elected school board and we just completed uh, for it's going to drop on Sunday an interview with uh, State Senator Rob Martwick, uh, who uh, was one of the chief, sp- who's chief sponsor of the bill in the Senate and has been pushing uh, this legislation for years. And we take the deep dive. So that's dropping Sunday. Um, the the elected school board bill. But first of all, let's start at the top. I'll just I have to say this. I say this every time. All the inequities facing our public schools in Chicago, uh, public schools throughout the country, the elected school board bill, having an elected as opposed to a mayoral appointed school board will not repeat, not, I fear, bridge those inequities, eradicate those inequities. It's just, they're just so deep. They're so, it's so related to uh, income uh, and it's so profound and we're unwilling as society by and large to do the necessary changes and the way we fund schools to to uh, the way the amount of uh, programs that our schools offer just to deal with that. So that's the reality. H- having said that, uh, I will not understand the depths of opposition from the powers that be in this city to this. No, I, I, I do understand it. It's all about power. It's all about centralization of power and the powers that be in the city of Chicago I've come to the conclusion that the most efficient way for them to run the city is to have the mayor control everything. And so then you could just deal with one person and you won't have to worry about something like 50 aldermen or 21 school board members, just one person, win one person over. Why do you think corporate and civic Chicago always back and editorial Chicago, by the way, mainstream. Why do you think year after year, they back Mayor Richard M. Daley, Mayor Rahm Emanuel, and now Lori Lightfoot. Why, folks? Just ask yourself that question. Because the mayor takes care of them. So this notion, the arguments, Rob Merkwing and I took apart the arguments against the elected school board are so preposterous and so contradictory. Just one, I'll give you one example. They've thrown out there that somehow or other it would be uh, – Fiscally irresponsible to have an elected school board because right now the city of Chicago uh, supplants supplants the um, budget of the board of education and give money to the the board of education. So if you have an elected school board, there's no guarantee that money will go. Do you know, folks, that they take the money from the board before they give a piece of it back? It's called a TIF program. (laughs) I was trying to teach you. Millennials about it back in the 200s, 2000s, but you were watching American Idol, that program. Just stop making fun of millennials. A lot of baby boomers don't understand tips. Yeah, they really, a good majority of them like the internet, and that's like the only place uh, where we're on. So, you know what I mean? (laughs) That's true. I love you, millennials. Baby boomers are really dumb when it comes to tips, too. And Gen X, oh my God. (laughs) Why do you have to write so much about tips, Ben? That's my Gen X imitation. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, they take the money. First, they take the money from the schools. They take a dime. They give a nickel back. And now they're like, well, how are the schools going to survive without that nickel? 
Well, I got a suggestion. Don't take a dime for them. Hmm. Ever think of that? Mm-mm. I want the dime. <laughs> you see, a dime is twice as much as a nickel, Ben. If we take a dime and only give a nickel back, guess what? We have more money. Oh, that's great. I thought educating the children of Chicago was the number one priority of all the people who run this city. I think that the children of the future. What's that song, D? You know that song by Whitney Houston? The children are the future. Teach them the way. <laughs> I just know I want to dance with somebody. Right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so elected school board. I've gotten a kick out of the elected school board fight because it just the the, the length <laughs> that Chicago's corporate community will go to to kill this effort at democracy. The lanes. And by the way, when it's all said and done, they're going to flip and start pouring millions into some candidates, you know, that'll do whatever they want. So, all right, they'll figure out another way, you know, to, uh, to run the schools and get that TIF money. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, uh, D, I'm all for the elected school board. Let's see what happens with it. Let's change. Let's try something different, guys. This mayoral appointed system hasn't really worked that well. Well, it was funny to read their defenses. They act like the schools are just operating so well. Go ahead. I have them here and maybe, you know, you'll agree once we read them here. I don't know. They may have a change of heart Uh, to the critics of the bill. Republican Peoria representative Ryan Spain said this. What? Just said his name. What's so funny? He said this bill is not ready to go. He pointed to the size of the board and campaign financing issues for the board's elections as issues that still need to be resolved. What do you think about Ryan Spain's comment there? Uh, Where's he from? Did you say Uh, Peoria? Yeah. Do I tell Peoria what to do with their elected school board, Ryan Spain? I mean, this is Lori Lightfoot. These are your allies, the Republicans. And there's only one reason they can't. What would Ryan, has Ryan Spain, who I don't even know, D, I just laughed when you said he was from Peoria. Oh. Because, like, why would someone from Peoria care what people in Chicago do? I'll tell you why. Because the Chicago Teachers Union's for it, and Republicans hate the Chicago Teachers Union almost as much as Mayor Lori Lightfoot hates them. They love teachers when there's just like one individual teacher that's getting underpaid and badly treated. But when you put teachers together into a union and they're standing up for what they believe in and they're calling for more money for nurses, God, I hate teachers. Why would Ryan Spain and Peoria care about what happens in Chicago? Valid point. Well, let's hear from the Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot. I won't just turn the car around. I'm going <laughs> to shut it off. I'm going to kick you out and I'm going to make you walk home. Okay. Well, she actually didn't say that, but she said the bill is deeply flawed and quote, that's why we're going to be meeting to negotiate on a trailer bill. But for me, it's never been about politics. I can't speak for others. Lightfoot said the motion to reconsider sets for uh, sets the stage for what she called real negotiations for the first time over the last couple of months. I've heard that term a few times. Trailer bill. Ben. Coach us up. I, you know, I didn't even know about a trailer bill. So Rob Markwick explained it to me. So I want to thank you one more time, Rob Markwick. That's where they get the bill. They pass a bill, but they don't get it right completely. So then it trails. It comes after it. Hence the name trailer bill. And uh, they clean up. 
some of the stuff. Now, Lori Lightfoot's acting like, oh, yeah, we're going to just rewrite the damn thing. Mark Rick on the show said yesterday, nah, they're just going to clean up a little bit in the, here and there. So uh, before Governor Pritzker signs it, this thing will never end, D. There'll be a trailer bill to the trailer bill, and then there'll be a trailer bill. <laughs> Allowing people in Chicago to vote for the school board is so radical when it's Chicago. It's so weird. I always say this, Chicagoans, you're weird people. Very strange people. I've lived among you since 1981, and I'm just telling you, as a guy who's dropped in from Mars, you're weird. But I'm starting to think people in the state of Illinois in general, D, a little weird. Like some guy in Peoria, where they have an elected school board, is just outraged by the specifics of the Chicago elected school board. Well, I'm born and, and raised here, and I take a little offense to that. <laughs> just Wait, saying. What did you just say? I'm born and raised in Illinois. I'm taking a little offense to that comment you made. That uh, you're a little weird. Yeah. Present company excluded. I always say that, by the way, whenever I'm opining like this. I go, not not anybody in this room. I remember back in the days when marijuana was illegal and I was advocating for making it legal. And I go, I'd be in front of a group of people and I'd say, you know, everybody smokes it. People were just probably smoking it last night. And then I look around the room and nobody would be admitting it. I go, well, of course, not anybody in this room. Okay, not anybody. The people in Illinois, you know, not you. You're not weird. Just everybody else. <laughs> ben, you're weird too. We all at least they admit it. But anyway, yeah, no, I, uh, Lori Lightfoot. Lori, I just want to remind everybody Lori Lightfoot ran as a proponent of the school board. She did indeed. Was at the hideout. She looked me and Mick Dumpke in the eye and said, I am for an elected school board. Just she said it, right to your face. <laughs> she just said, and what in her mind was, this guy is so dumb. He's going to believe me and he's going to vote for me because he thinks I'm telling the truth. <laughs> he's dumb. He's dumb. <laughs> and it worked. Oh, God, I voted for Lori Lightfoot in part because she said she was going to deliver on a promise for an elected school board. And now she's against it. She's for it. Now she's against it. When she's in a position to have it, she's against it. When she had no power and couldn't do anything about it, she was for it. Isn't that interesting, D? Hmm. Well, on that one for a while. But it's a different worldview. People explain, Ben, do you understand? When she's a candidate, it's one thing. But when she's the mayor, it's another thing. You know, it, your worldview changes when you become the person in power. That's what people explain to me all the time. To you. I'm like, I don't know if you're for democracy, what with, why would that change? You know what? And, and the weird stuff, D so much. I mean, I really write a book about the elected school board opponents and the arguments that come up. They'll say things like they'll tr- use every, look for every excuse they can to be against it. So I've heard like opponents say, well, you know, people who are not citizens cannot be on the school board. So that's not right. What if you're not a citizen, you send your kid to Chicago public schools. That's why we need a mayoral appointed board. I'm like, could you please name the last non-citizen named by a mayor to the school board? How about named by a mayor to any board? Now suddenly it's an issue. You guys will come up with any reason. They must sit in a room all day. Let's think of reasons to be against an elected school board and see if they fly with the public. We'll put it out on WTTW and NPR and the Chicago Tribune. And I can see Northsiders nodding ahead. They make a good point, Ben. 
They really do. It would be very unruly to have an elected school board. We had some of the most corrupt school chieftains appointed by the mayor. Barbara Bird Burnett did serious time, federal prison. Somehow or other, mayoral appointees, that's the way to go. So Chicago D, very strange, strange place. Uh, And uh, I believe that this elected school board bill will be signed. I'm taking bets on this one, D. Like, is this whole trailer bill a way to delay it one more time? Rob Marwick says, no, Ben. By the way, can I do some uh, shameless promotion right now, D? Go for it. July 6th at the hideout. 6.30, Maya and I will have as our guest, Deli Ramirez, the House sponsor of the bill, the aforementioned Rob Martwick, uh, who is the Senate sponsor of the bill, and Rod Wilson, who is opponent of the bill. He wants an elected school board, but he doesn't want the mayoral appointed board that is going to exist, supposedly, uh, in the interim before we have a fully elected board. So we'll be discussing this at 6.30, Tuesday, July 6th, at the hideout, yes, we will be there. We'll be outside. Still not ready to take that plunge and go inside. Uh, and then uh, after our discussion, there's going to be a rock concert. By Rob Martwick? <laughs> not by Rob Martwick. Oh, damn. Uh, he plays a mean guitar. Yeah. A group? I I think I've heard they're called the Rolling Stones will be there. And... Uh, uh, yes. I thought his band was no. called Rob and the Martwicks. No, the Rolling Stones will not be there. Looking like a rock star these days, too. Uh, no. Oh, my God. Rob Martwick. Rob, you know I love you, man, but that hair is getting a little shaggy there. Come on. Clip it up, Rob. Come on. Get that. The hair's getting a little. When I saw him, yes, we did the, the virtual interview. Day. I'm like, Martwick, you look like Abe Lincoln. Got the beard. <laughs> Long hair. It's like, yeah, man, whatever. I'm feeling it, dude. Yeah, go check that out. First Tuesday, coming back in July. Uh, all talk about the elected school board. Yay for our teachers! <laughs> Yay for our teachers! Sure. Yay for our teachers. Uh, all right. Now, about that email. <laughs> A startling email obtained by Chicago Tribune reporter GP Gregory Pratt shows Mayor Lori Lightfoot losing her temper. <laughs> with her scheduling team five months ago as she tried to juggle a barrage of problems from a battle with Chicago Teachers Union to crime on the streets and a lack of COVID-19 vaccines. You're too kind, whoever wrote this. She sent the email January 28th, the same day that Chicago Public Schools and its teachers union were negotiating to get children back in classrooms. Now, if you haven't seen or heard about this, the mayor basically channeled her inner Jack Nicholson in the 1979 film The Shining by sending emails to her administration and her lackeys, basically, repeating the same sentences over and over again. For example, I need office time every day. I need office time every day. I need office time every day. Now there's more and we're going to read it. But right now, I'm going to turn this over to our host, Ben Jarofsky. Because, as you may already know, our host, Ben Jarofsky, is a fantastic impressionist. He's got a million of them. Actually, he's got like maybe six that are actual people, and the rest are just random noises. Ben, can we hear Cat out of the bag? See what I'm talking about? But guys, I kid you not, 
in his vault of actual impressions is one hell of a Jack Nicholson impression. It may be his best one. Ben, can we hear your Jack Nicholson impression a little bit here? Well, I got to get. I sent you over, by the way, a little pre-show prep. I sent Dennis a clip from The Shining, which uh, before I do my impression, I was listening to it to try to get ready for this because Dennis did say he's going to do this to me. He was too nice to drop this on me without uh, running it past me. But I'd never seen this clip before, D. I don't know if you took the time to see it because you're pretty busy doing pre-show, actually doing the job (laughs) as opposed to just watching YouTube clips. But there's a Jack Nicholson warming up before the famous scene in The Shining. I don't know if you saw it, D, but the famous scene in The Shining, perhaps the one that everybody knows, even if they haven't seen The Shining, is where Jack Nicholson has freaking lost his mind and he's going after his wife, Shelley Duvall, with an ax, and she runs into the bathroom. And she's, by the way, they make women look so wimpy in this movie. I don't, D, I don't know if you've ever seen The Shining. I've seen it. One of my favorites. Yeah, conservative estimate. Five, six times. And Shelly Duvall's like, ah, 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 and she's like, she has a knife. Just is like butcher knife or something. And she's like, not even holding it like you would hold a knife. You know, like Chucky would hold a knife to really get. She's like, ah. I'm like come on, Shelly Duvall. We'll man it up. And here comes Jack Nicholson with the axe. And before they shoot the scene, he was doing prep. And uh, did you did you watch this, Steve, by any chance? No, I was getting the show We're ready. <laughs> like, what the hell? Come on, Ben. I got shit to do. He's like, Ben, it was actually working work. Ever heard of it? And um, so anyway, Jack Nicholson, before he did the scene, he took the ax and he was Jack Nicholson and he was jumping up and down. Ah, ah, I'm ax man. I'm ax man. And you have all these, like the, the camera is showing him preparing for the scene. And there's all these camera people walking by and movie people, you know, it's on a set. And they're just ignoring Jack Nicholson jumping up and down going, ah, ah. Anyway, that's my introduction. Great story. Can we hear that impression? (laughs) Here we go. Get your hands in the air, chief. Get your hands in the air. All right. That's what I was waiting for. It's a great impression. Jack Nicholson. From uh, what movie, D? What movie is that? Uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. You got it right. All right. All right. Get your hands in the air, Chief. Love that scene. In oh, one clue Brianna says you have a great impression of Shelley Duvall as well. <laughs> sure. <laughs> ah, ah. Come on, Shelley. Hold the knife like a knife. You got a knife. He's got an axe. I mean, she well, didn't hit him with that bat in the head, but, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, he cracks down the door. But the the part that's relates to Lori Lightfoot. It's not the axe. It's not the, here's Johnny. It's the fact that he's a writer, a novelist, and he has uh, gone to be a caretaker of a hotel on a mountain in the remote part of Colorado. No one's around him. And they're going to spend the winter in uh, the hotel. He, his wife, Shelley Duvall, and her kid, it's kind of a weirdo <laughs> riding around on that little tricycle and he loses his mind. Gets a wicked case. It's really a movie about writer's block. Well, it was a book about writer's block. Anyway, he loses his mind and instead of writing his novel, writes the same sentence over and over again. Oh, what yeah. is the sentence, D? Movie's been out for about 30 years. I'm glad you're explaining uh, The Shining to everybody. <laughs> you uh, know, a lot of people haven't seen it, D. Yeah, you're right. I have ran into people who I'm haven't seen it. I'm just going to give you a little lesson I learned in journalism many years ago. Just because you know something. <laughs> 
doesn't mean everyone knows something. All right. So for us yeah. to do this, you have to have the, the email. Do you have the email? Can you Are you able to read it? Yes. All right. I want to cool, give cool. a shout out one more time to Carlos Ramirez Rosa, without whom I would not even know about this story. Go ahead. So without further ado, the moment that at least I have been waiting for all week, <laughs> our host, Ben Jarofsky, as Jack Nicholson, reading Mayor Lightfoot's bizarre, repetitive emails. I need office time every day. 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 All right, that'll work. I need office time every day. Put your hands in the air, Chief. Put your hands in the air, Chief. I'm blending Jack Nicholson and Lori Light. Sounds like a club song or something. It was like dancing. I will take your car. <laughs> all right that's our mayor ladies and gentlemen i envisioned that being better than it actually was but that's okay <laughs> put your hands in the i need by the way little known fact i sent a very similar email to dennis not like i need office time every day remember remember that bit i did back in the old station d before they fired me i forget the name of the station wc later it was wcbt a20 Oh, yeah, that one. Uh, Steve Harvey. Steve oh, Harvey yeah. came out with a memo very similar. Steve Harvey, of course. Do I have to explain who Steve Harvey is? No, nah, I think everybody has All right. basic so, television. All right. So Steve, <laughs> uh, Steve Harvey is sent out a memo to the staffers of his TV show saying that he did not want laying out the things they shouldn't do. And one of the things they, they were not allowed to do was say hello to him if they saw him. It was like all these things was like really weird. So we did a whole bit on the old show about, <laughs> did I send out the email to you? Or I can't remember. Or did Yoda? I forget. But I think I, in the bit, I sent out the email. But the Yoda, whole Yoda. thing was, <laughs> if you see me, don't say hello to me. And then the whole thing was like, you know, he's Steve Harvey. Everybody knows who he is. So he's on a set and there's like 50 people and they all say hello to him. Uh, that requires him to say hello back. So that takes like what? I don't know, a second. And then if they say something further, like, how's your day, Steve? That requires him to say something back. So you add it all up, D, and you're talking like five minutes. You know, you add up all those seconds. So don't talk to me. Don't say hello to me. That's kind of what Mayor Lori Lightfoot, and she was so mad because those memos weren't coming in on time. And also, this was really, was, what are they called? Grinding her gears. Since my prior requests for office time are not, are routinely ignored, I am now <laughs> resorting to this. I need office time every day. Breaks or transition times between meetings are not office time. Wow. That's losing it, Lori Lightfoot. I'm just saying, you know, people have life, lives, L-I-F-E, ever heard of it? And like, they're not, it's not working for the city of Chicago, working for you is not like indentured servitude. You know, you have a family, you go home every day, every day. I don't know, D. And most of them were just writing emails back and forth. You know, we saw that with Freddie Martinez when they hacked the emails. We saw the stuff like Maya writes in a, with a question. 
simple question. I don't know, whatever, whatever the question is, reporter has, you know, like we need a, what, what's your position on police brutality? And so that request for information from some flack in the police department or some flack in the law department is sent through like six layers of bureaucracy. Every bureaucrat has to weigh in on it. I don't know how that's a productive use of time. I don't know how that's a productive use of my taxpayer dollars that absolutely six or seven or eight or nine different flunkies in city hall have to read Maya's request for information. Just give her the information. So if people aren't wasting their time trying to figure out how to put the best spin on whatever it is that you Maya is requesting, then maybe they don't have to work seven days a week. You ever think of that? Hey, in her defense, a source close to the mayor's office told Playbook that a lot was coming down on her that week. A lot was happening. Her intentions were good. Though there were times during the most stressful days of the pandemic that Lightfoot was completely awful as a manager. All right. That last part was not a defense. (laughs) Another source acknowledged that it wasn't her finest moment. And a third said the mayor simply speaks her mind. She says what she has to say. The mayor did make a public statement about it all. Like to hear it. Here it go. To write an email like that comes um, after a lot of conversation and born of frustration. Um, we got beyond that and solved the, the challenges that were at the heart of that uh, email, which was written five plus months ago. So I think we're in a, in a better place. What better place are we in? So now nine people aren't reviewing Maya's request or Gregory Pratt's request for information? Are we in a better place like that? Are we in a better place where it's not a command that everybody works every day for the city of Chicago? Are we in a better place of that? Or are we in a better place in your mind because everybody is working every day? I mean, I, I, <laughs> we're in a, we're in a, wait, why the we? I didn't see anybody else losing their mind. You would want to lost your mind. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, we're in a better place. You mean you're in a better place? So I, um, you know, D, uh, very interesting uh, defense. And by the way, I think I may have pointed this out to you already, Dennis. We know about this email, uh, thanks to Gregory Pratt, uh, ace reporter for the Chicago Tribune, has already pointed out. And he found out about it because he did a FOIA request. Freedom of Information Act request. Somebody turned it over. Apparently, the person who turned it over no longer works for the city. <laughs> uh, so that my guess is it wouldn't have been turned over uh, had that person still been working for the city. Yeah. Now, just imagine the response if this email had been uh, produced through the hacking of emails like Freddie Martinez group uh, and turned over by them. Then the question, then the response wouldn't have been, uh, we have moved on to a better place or whatever it was. It would have been, uh, we're not commenting on that because it was obtained illegally. No comment on that email. So we could be really happy that whoever it was provided that email to uh, Gregory Pratt. Cause it was kind of, a, and by the way, going back to that, it was a Shia, Shia Capo's article. I remember when she wrote that for political, this is one of my pet, minor pet peeves, minor, minor, D, minor. Okay. Like people who don't identify themselves, I mean, there's no reason not to identify yourself. So we ask sources close to Mayor Lightfoot about the memo, and one person goes, Mayor Lightfoot's a great mayor. Well, why? But that's off the record. What, 
Why is that off the record? I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe they don't want people to know that they're talking to Shia Kapos, but most likely it's all strategic anyway, because they're putting out spin like things like the mayor is concerned. The mayor looks insane. (laughs) You know, what about that? You say the mayor's overworked. It was a rough day. She's apologizing. But how about apologizing for it, D? Did you see did, in that response from Mayor Lifer? Did she apologize at all? I didn't hear that. Let like, me look. Let me look real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me look. Uh, no, she didn't. Didn't apologize. No apology. You know, yeah, I really acted like an ass. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Dumb. Hold on. I won't just turn the car around. <laughs> no, no, no apology. Yeah. That was a, we, by the way, uh, another shameless promotion. Uh, Ramon and Sane and I took the deep dive uh, uh, for a, uh, a bonus feature, and we talked at length about abusive bosses. Uh, and then Ramana had a great line. I got to give her all respect to Ramana. This one, she goes, like, you know, if you're at most corporations and you have an abusive boss, immediate supervisor, there's like a process you go through, like HR, you know, you take the person. In. What do you do when you work for the city of Chicago and your abusive boss is the mayor of the city of Chicago and is sending you out emails like that? Like who's HR? HR owes his or her job to the mayor. I will take your car. Ah. But, you know, Chicagoans, I, D, I think this kind of helps her because, as I always say, Chicagoans love tough mayors. Like, oh, that's how you run a city. Yeah. Good job, Mayor Blythe. Wait, hold on. I'm looking here. I think you're 100% full of shit this morning. <laughs> no, I'm not seeing. Raylo, by the way, Raylo uh, will be on the show next week. Cut a deal with Raylo, who'll be coming on the show next week. That's all I'm going to Oh, there we go. There we go. Progressive audience there in the live stream chat. They are hyped. They got some Raylo. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on here. Uh, well, actually, we're not moving on from this. All right. We have more audio. Turns out. One of Fox News's favorite thing to do these days is rip Chicago <laughs> Mayor Lori Lightfoot. I mean, there is a lot of material. Welcome back, bitches! <laughs> Thank God. Science is back, baby. <laughs> and no, I'm not talking about Fox 32 News Chicago, home of Mike Flannery, which, by the way, is also one of Ben's <laughs> six fantastic impressions. Can we get a little Flannery? Willie Wilson, I understand reparations in Louisiana, but Chicago? (laughs) And yeah, Fox 32 rips the mayor as well. But I'm talking about nationally syndicated Fox News. Here's a Fox News ripping Lori Lightfoot collage from this week featuring hosts Tucker Carlson and Greg Gutfeld. The mayor that has no guts is certifiably nuts. Thanks to an open records request from the Chicago Tribune, we've got some of Lori Lightfoot's emails, and it turns out she is every bit the person you imagined she was. It was confirmed this week that what many of us (laughs) have suspected about Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, she's raving bonkers. Even Jesse Smollett says, I find her hard to believe. (laughs) Lori Lightfoot told her staff, quote, I need office time every day, exclamation point. She wrote that very same line 16 times in a row. I need office time every day. I need office time every day. I need office time every day. And so on, 13 more times. Demented. 
But endlessly repeating the same thing is a sign of mental instability. Or that you work for CNN. <laughs> oh, Have I made myself clear? Finally, question mark, exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, our city's ripe with crime, but don't mess with our office time. <laughs> Wait, who is the laughter guy? That was Tucker. That was Tucker Carlson. Oh, God. You know what, Mayor Lightfoot, I'm with you 100%. If You must be doing something right if the Tuckster uh, is upset. Well, I'd like to see the Tuckster's emails. Now nah, I'm saying, I am Tucky. I know you're not the nicest boy. I got a feeling working for you is no walk in the park. Just saying, Tucky. And by the way, Fox News is all over the map when it comes to Lori Lightfoot. When she's fighting with the unions, she's taking a strong stand. Democratic mayor, really impressed. I don't know. That's not even a good Tucker Carlson imitation. And by the way, D, you know, Tucker Carlson didn't try to do the imitation as Jack Nicholson. Just saying. Yeah, I know. None of them had that stellar Jack Nicholson. Hands in the air. Hands in the air. (laughs) Uh, Maybe Tucker Carlson's never seen The Shining. Who knows? But, uh, you know, all you got to do to push me (laughs) back toward Lori Lightfoot is to play Tucker Carlson. Well, we were talking about that uh, before the show. Isn't that interesting how, like, you know, Chicago, ton of Democrats, you know what I mean? It kind of brings everybody together because, you know, a lot of people aren't liking Lightfoot. But it brings everybody together when uh, they see Fox News ripping Lightfoot. You know what yeah, I mean? I know. And uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure what Tucky Carlson has against Lori Lightfoot. I know he's upset about the Juneteenth bill. They're really upset about that. That we're... Uh, you know, having a holiday now that's essentially celebrating the end of slavery. They're, they're really upset about that. So I don't really know what they're mad, what the right, the far right is mad at Lori Lightfoot for. I, basically, she's a centrist Democrat, and most of her programs are essentially capitulating, moving to the right to keep the people who are Republicans happy. So why is why are they picking on her? I don't get it. So, yeah, you're right, D. The fastest way to improve Lori Lightfoot's ratings among voters in Chicago is to have someone from Fox TV ripper. You're absolutely correct. So she must be doing something right, I suppose. Now, the, the typical mayoral comment would be, I must be doing something right if Tucker Carlson and Ben Jarofsky are criticizing me. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, It's what every Chicago politician says. Uh, Brianna on the live stream chat says, change the T to an F and you have Tucker's real name. Okay, Brianna. (laughs) I hadn't thought of that. (laughs) All right. Now we are moving on from that odd, bizarre email sent from the mayor. Now let's talk about the latest on DuSable Drive. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Fran the Woe Man Spielman. A poll showing only 32% for renaming Outer Lakeshore Drive in honor of Jean Baptiste Point DuSable has more than four aldermen reconsidering their votes, potentially denying proponents like the 26 votes they need. This is according to an influential alderman. Uh, <laughs> It says here, last month, Alderman Brian Hopkins, Ben, big fan of him. I know you are. Ben, of what ward, though? Two. Number two. 
Still got it. Uh, Brian <laughs> Hopkins used a parliamentary maneuver to delay the controversial renaming in honor of DeSable. Uh, in the meantime, Hopkins and downtown alderman Brendan Riley, been of what ward? 42. 42. They used their campaign funds to commission a poll. It showed 41% oppose the name change compared with 32% of those surveyed who support it. Among the rest of those polled, 24% uh, were, well, 3% refused to answer, and 24% were my favorite. I I got nothing. I don't know. (laughs) Undecided. Uh, All right. Uh, First of all, I just want to make a correction, uh, more of a clarification. Brian Hopkins used a parliamentary maneuver uh, to postpone the vote. Uh, I know you're reading a news <laughs> of it, but I, I would say that's an inaccurate assessment of what went down. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot blatantly cheated. We talked about this already. We've talked about this many times. I do not understand uh, why this is not widely condemned. Where's Tucker Carlson when we need him? Okay. By the way, this is an example. You know, the Tuckster would totally be against renaming Lakeshore Drive for Deuce. You know he would, D, if someone told him about it. Tucky would be like, this is crazy. And Lori Lightfoot's keeping it from happening. Tucky, you should be praising her. Just saying, Tucker, not following the news. But anyway, they had the votes. David Moore, Sophia King had the votes to change the name. And Sophia King at a crucial moment of city council meeting, we know this thanks to David Glowatz, raised her hand and said, roll call, at which point Mayor Lori Lightfoot pretended she was had bad eyesight and called on Brian Hopkins as though she could not see that Sophie King was first. It was cheating, D. Cheating. I'm just, I don't know what else to call it. Can you imagine if Michael Joseph Madigan had employed such a technique to postpone a vote on something he opposed, even though that vote had the support of the rest of the people. Oh my God, the tribune, would they be foaming at the mouth? (laughs) The bright one foaming at the mouth, John Cass losing his mind, taking an ax. (laughs) But no one, Lori Lightfoot cheats. To protect the name of Lakeshore Drive. Oh, it's all good, man. It's just how you play the game. And then she gets mad. We didn't play the full clip. She gets mad at Sophia King. Sophia King, come on, Madam President. Referring to her title as president of the city council. Lori Lightfoot starts chastising Sophia King. That's like, I don't know. Baseball right now is struggling with the issue of pitchers putting all kinds of gook on the ball so that it has wicked curves. They're going to crack down on it. What are we going to do about our mayors who cheat? That's cheating, D. Sophia King had her hand in in the air. She called on her. Now the issue is, how will the vote go down? Didn't we do this last week, D? Did we make predictions? Oh, yeah, yeah, we sure did. We sure did. The election is coming up. uh, Excuse me. The vote is coming up on Wednesday. I can't remember what I said last week. I remember what I, I said. I said uh, it's going to go down to one vote on this, and the deciding vote will be on one rapping alderman, Andre Vasquez. And which way will he go? <sighs> Not the good way. 
In other words, you're, you favor ta- naming it for DuSable, correct? Is that correct, young Dennis? Yes, yeah, yeah. So you say it will uh, be defeated and it will, the DuSable, naming it, renaming it, DuSable will be defeated. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Writing that down. Oh my. And I agree. I agree. I, but I, I'm going to say Andre Vasquez will, will uh, prove you wrong and he will stay true to his hip hop roots and he will not uh, sell out on this one. And I think that Andre Vasquez will vote to change it. There you go, D we're on the right. So you go, you say Andre will be a no vote. And I say, it'll be yes. Okay. All right. The pressure is going to be on pressure is going to be on for old Vasquez. That's what I'm saying. I mean, obviously I don't know much about these things, but boy, that would be fun if that happened. Hey, Steven yeah. on the live stream chat. What's up, buddy? Yes. Another week already. Yeah, another week, man. But uh, yeah, so I, I feel as though um, the pressure will come down and the alderman will buckle uh, and they'll go the way of the mayor and uh, putting off the vote for a month will have gotten her what she couldn't have gotten if she just played the game by the rules. <laughs> and so we will be sending a message to school children throughout the city of Chicago. If you think you're going to lose, change the rules. That's the lesson that we're learning from our mayor. Two more stories to talk about here. Uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot this week. Hey, she sent a message out to litter bugs. Hey, (laughs) pick that up. The following comes once again from Fran Spielman. Chicagoans took full advantage of the glorious weather during reopening weekend by flocking to the lakefront beaches and holding picnics. I saw Ben having one and barbecues in neighborhood parks. By Sunday evening, the parks and beaches had plenty to show for it. They were flooded with litter. Mayor Lori Lightfoot is not happy about those ugly, uh, about the littering from Chicago here. Uh, She says here, people should take more care of these parks. Don't litter. Don't destroy our beautiful lakefront by leaving trash everywhere. Be thoughtful about the person who's going to come behind you. Don't abandon individual responsibility. If you're out there in a park enjoying yourself, that's terrific. But clean up after yourself. She says she's an old Girl Scout. She believes when you're out there, you leave the environment better than when you found it. Doesn't take a Girl Scout to not litter. And that means picking up your trash. Ben Jarofsky, you sent me this uh, earlier in the week. Your thoughts? Well, I've been critical of Lori Lightfoot a lot lately, but I'm gonna I'm with her 100% on this one. Madam Mayor, I'm with you 100% on this one. Now, I will point this out. As a longtime user of the North Lakefront Parks, I used to take that hill, D, in my young days, take Cricket Hill all the time. And I use, I still go to Montrose Beach, and I walk along the lakefront. And in my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Sorry. Uh, and uh, so I really enjoy the lakefront immensely. And it just always irritated me that people were such litter bucks. Cleaned it up But on the other hand, the park district doesn't do the greatest job of providing, uh, what are they, receptacles to put the the garbage so they quickly overflow and then they get knocked over (laughs) and then the garbage just spews all out everywhere. Just saying, it's a combination of things. And I've been there in the early morning. There was actually a time, I know you, you will not believe this, there was a time when I would get up 
at about 7.30. I am not making this up, Dennis. And I would ride my bike to the lake and jog. Yes, I know. I'm astounded that that actually happened. It was in the 90s, folks. And uh, I would see crews. It would be like a Monday morning cruise, like with the what are those things called, D? With those little stick things that you know that you you pick up the garbage with the stick things. Oh, uh, yeah. litter stick. Is that the name? No, I just made it. Wow, up. should be a name though. It's good. It should be with the litter stick, and I'm like, I could see myself. That would have been the kind of job I had in high school. I had many jobs like that in high school, but anyway, so uh, I, I I really respected those guys for for doing doing the cleanup. Uh, back in the in the nineties, but yeah, I'm with the mayor on this one. I have seen people throw trash. Out. Like I remember this one lady. I I remember watching her. She took a dirty diaper, just threw it on the ground. I'm like, are you kidding me? I know my a lot of lefty listeners who go, Ben, you're a baby boomer. I'm sorry, guys. I'm with the mayor on this one. People could be slobs. Let's try to. Clean things up a little bit. I'm with you on this one, Madam Mayor. But that memo, you should have apologized for that one. But I'm with you on this one. Way to go, Mayor. Stating the obvious. Don't litter. I mean, (laughs) pretty low there. You know what I mean? All right. Finally, let's end it out with a little sports talk. What do you say? All right. Come on, everybody. Come on. Ben, clap your hands. Okay, you're not clapping your hands. Okay. little sports talk here. Breaking news. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Patrick Finley. The Chicago Bears threat to move to the suburbs. (laughs) Unhappy with how Soldier Field compared to the rest of the large stadiums, the Bears met with the village president of Arlington Heights to talk about building a stadium there. The Bears president said the team had, quote, definite interest in building a stadium on the Arlington International Racecourse property. Uh, When President CEO Ted Phillips announced Thursday that the Bears put in a bid to buy the racetrack property, it was a reminder that the team has been here before, literally on the same piece of land. Ben, your thoughts on this news here. Uh, The mayor weighed in with her thoughts as well. But what do you think? Well, I can go on and on and on. Uh, so I probably will write a column on this. <laughs> I have so many thoughts on this one, but I'll just start with this. If Arlington Heights, first of all, the bears are one of the most inept organizations in the NFL right now, when it comes to doing what they're supposed to do, and that's produce winning football teams. I'm not going to take a deep dive on this. I'm just going to tell you because a lot of my listeners are not sports fans. I put it mildly. I am a sports fan. I follow the Bears very closely. They are horrible. They are clueless. And yet, when it comes to pulling off a squeeze play that plays Arlington Heights against Chicago to get taxpayers to potentially give them money that they don't deserve and don't need. And that we, the taxpayers cannot afford to waste. They are brilliant. And so my first thought as a bears fan is why can't I see some evidence of this brilliance when it comes to doing what you're supposed to do, which is producing a good team. You produce other direct and mediocrity year after year after year. 
and you expect to get rewarded for it? I thought we lived in a meritocracy where you're only rewarded for excellence. The Bears are awful as a football team, ladies and gentlemen. I hate to break it to you. They cannot, for the life of them, (laughs) either draft a good quarterback or produce a good quarterback. And yet, the village of Arlington Heights, the mayor of Arlington Heights, is so excited to having utter mediocrity come to his city that I'll bet you he's going to give them money. And so what they're doing, D, they're doing a squeeze play. And I'm going to now go back. This is very baby boomer what I'm about to do. There was a show in the 50s called The Honeymooners. And it started one of the greatest comedians of all time, Jackie Gleason. Just saying his name is filling me with reverence. And Jackie Gleason played this bus driver, Ralph Cramden. And Ralph Cramden had like, he wanted to get a raise from his boss. And he was telling his good friend Ed Norton, what I'm going to do, Ed? (laughs) I'm going to go play the old squeeze play. I'm threatening to quit the job. And then that boss will want me to stay so long. He'll give me extra money. That's a squeeze play. So the Bears think they're slick. They're going to play the squeeze play. They're going to threaten to leave Chicago to go to Arlington Heights. The dummies in Arlington Heights will say, oh, my God, we're so excited. The Bears are going to come to Arlington Heights. (laughs) We'll give you money. Probably set up a tiff. They got tiffs in Arlington Heights, too, ladies and gentlemen. And then the Bears will come back to Chicago and go, well, you know, we got this offer here from Arlington Heights. I'm just saying, you might want to kick in a little extra, huh? And then it would be up to the mayor of the city of Chicago to decide is whether it's worth spending money on one of the most mediocre teams in the NFL. Mediocre. So are we going to reward the ineptitude of the Chicago Bears? Are we going to say, guys, no matter how bad you run your organization, no matter how many times you take Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, we're going to reward you for that by giving you money, D. I'm watching this one unfold. Oh, yeah. I'm watching this one unfold. And who would have thought in 2021, some honeymooners talk on the live stream chat. (laughs) Michael Girardi says, pow, right in the kisser. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know if I had to explain the honeymooners to you, but I always worried about my younger listeners. Well, I, I, you say that, but I mean, I think they all just tuned out. So, <laughs> <laughs> Dean, were you a fan of the honeymooners? That wasn't uh, a little too early for my time. But you never even watched them on reruns? No, no, no. Oh, my God. You will just do yourself a favor and watch. You will love the Honeymooners. That's all I'm saying. All right. And, hey, the mayor has responded to these rumors of the Bears possibly moving their stadium to Arlington Heights. And, well, we've been talking about this mayor for about two years now. So, you know, it's a scathing remark. All right. Here we go. Lori Lightfoot responds. This is on Twitter. And like most Bear fans, we want the organization to focus on putting a winning team on the field, beating the Packers finally, and being relevant past October. Oh, my. Everything else is just noise, the mayor said. You know what? We're going to close this show with two for two. 
Lori Lightfoot and me in total agreement. I'm with you, Madam Mayor, in that. Absolutely. Beat the Packers and then go shake down Arlington Heights. Can you just beat the Packers once with Aaron Rodgers? Not not with some, like, bimbo quarterback. Oh, no, he, he can't beat him with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think contractually uh, it stipulates in our agreement with the NFL that we always lose to Aaron. I'm with you 100%, Madam Mayor. Madam Mayor. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, a Bear fan. I've never understood why she's a Bear fan. She comes from Ohio. She should be a Browns fan, but whatever. She's decided to become a Bears fan. She's, I believe, D, she's a season ticket holder. She's on Soldier Field. Wow. So that means she's going to have to schlep over to Arlington Heights oh, when they become the Arlington, <laughs> the Arlington Heights Bears. <laughs> yes. I hope Mayor Lightfoot pulls a Richard J. Daly. Richard J. Daly, mayor before Richard M. Daly, when the Bears were threatening. They're always threatening to move to Arlington Heights. When the Bears threatened to move to Arlington Heights in the 70s, Mayor Richard J. Daly said, well, then there'll be the Arlington Heights Bears. Yes! But the only thing I ever agreed with was Richard J. Daly. So let them be the Arlington Heights Bears. Let those suckers and saps in Arlington Heights build them a stadium. <laughs> Guys, well, you guys want to throw your money away in Arlington Heights? Knock yourself out. Just don't come to the state for a handout. Please, Governor Pritzker, Chris Welch, Don Harmon, do not give the Bears money. If Arlington Heights wants to give the Bears a sack of money to bring that wretched game of theirs to that fair town, that's their problem. The rest of us do not have to kick in. So, D., I'm with Mayor Lori Lightfoot 100% with that tweet. And I actually believe she wrote that tweet because I don't believe there's anybody in the mayor's circle who knows anything about football except for the mayor. There you go. So there you go, guys. And don't you ever say that Ben Jarofsky doesn't agree with Mayor Lightfoot on anything. I mean, it may not be tax increment financing, gentrification, or I mean, real city matters. (laughs) Don't litter. And hey, Chicago Bears, don't suck. (laughs) Yes. Hey, you got to start somewhere. And that was, oh, what a week it was. A week in review in Chicago and or Illinois news. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, over a thousand episodes and so much more. Chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky or wherever else you download podcasts. Uh, If you listen to the live stream only. Check out some of those shows. We still do bonus shows. Uh, We have on lined up this weekend, right? You said you spoke with Mr. Martwick. Uh, Rob Marwick on Sunday, yes, and Romana Hussein. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. And the latest column from our very own Ben Jarofsky is out, and he's going to be working on a new one on Monday. Ben, what's on your mind for your next column? Bears. Oh yeah, uh-huh. I'm writing about it. I'm just getting. I'm just. I'm just warming up. <laughs> Bears. I'm like the only good thing that comes out of this is I get to write more columns about how bad the Bears are. <laughs> They're terrible, Chicago. Terrible. Your football team is awful. Hate to break it to you. So there you are, everybody. You can send us an email. Go check out the latest column from Ben Jarofsky. It's going to be about the Bears. It's coming out next week. A little sneak peek you guys just got there. Uh, Send us an email, BennyJShow at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on social media at BennyJShow, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show. We would love to hear from you. All right. Very good. I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and drove out of Illinois without whom the show would be possible. And as Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, and Bart Starr will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. 
Thank God. Thank God. Science is back, baby.